Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is primarily about music and creative culture in London. Today's episode was recorded at the Finsbury, which is near Haringey Green Lanes Station, between Haringey Green Lanes and Manor Park Station. So we're in North London, where I went to see Living Island play. They were supported by a couple of bands, but the only one I managed to catch was Deja Vega. So, on today's episode, the first person you'll hear me talk to is Jack from Deja Vega. He's the singer and guitarist. Then I speak to Chris, who was the promoter of last night's event, as it was hosted by Club Fandango, who also worked with Fierce Panda, and he tells us a bit about that. Then I spoke to Gary and Janet, who were two very lovely people that I saw at the front row for Living Island, recording a lot of the performance. And whilst waiting to talk to Ollie, I got talking to Janet a little bit, and she had quite an interesting tale to tell, so I asked if I could record our conversation. And that is the third chat that you hear in this episode. And then after that, I speak to, once again, Ollie from Living Island. So first it's Jack from Deja Vega. Then it's Chris of Fierce Panda and Club Fandango. Then it's Gary and Janet of GJ Promotions. And then it's Ollie from Living Island. I'll catch up with you guys after these chats for a little bit more context on how the evening went down and a little bit of what's going on with my own music. But for now, enjoy these conversations, and I'll talk to you in a bit. Live. Okay, so I'm inside the Finsbury. The show has finished, but I'm here with the first band I managed to catch tonight. What's your name? Jack. What's the name of the band you're in? Deja Vega. So who else is in Deja Vega? Deja Vega consists of Mike Newton and Tom Webster. And how long have you guys known each other? About three years. How long since after knowing and meeting each other did the band start? Oh, since the band start? Well, we all knew each other from high school, and we all did like previous bands, like you know, doing covers bands, school bands. And it was only like we were in a band previously before Deja Vega, and, and like members left and members joined, and from that point on, we just thought so just keep to the diehards and keep it as just a three-piece band. And, and therefore, on Deja Vega is about. So, so you, the third you go way back, but Deja Vega as a three-piece goes back three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the music you're making as a three-piece, is there any leftovers from the previous band? No, no, it's all completely new written material. So, uh, yeah, there's like obviously like elements from like the older band, but I was like, we took more influences and different turns to create different music for Deja Vega. And has that always been based in London, or are you from outside? No, we're based in a place called Winston in Cheshire. It's just like... Like outside of Manchester and Liverpool. Shit, it's a quiet yeah. drive down tonight. Though. Oh yeah, about a good four hour drive home. So we'll be getting off very, very soon. <laughs> Are you getting quite a lot in Manchester then? Yeah, yeah, we've got a great following in Manchester. It's funny, like, we actually play in Manchester that much with classes a Manchester band. <laughs> but, like, but yeah, we've got a good following there and you know, people talk about us. And, yeah. How often are you guys normally playing? Uh, well, we've been gigging like nearly every weekend for the whole year. So, so I think we've had about probably five weekends off in total for the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why pairing down to the three piece is necessary. If you want to play that often, you need the kind of committed guys. That's it, yeah, and it was us three that started it, so it's us three uh, continuing it as the new band, like, yeah. <laughs> seeing it. Now, one of the things that really caught my attention in your performance was your use of pedals. Oh, yeah. How many pedals do you have up there? I have ten pedals on stage. So what's the signal part from guitar to amp? Like what's, what's the order of pedals? Order of pedals. Goes a uh, a memory man um, delay to a space space signal delay, and then um, 
a DD3 delay pedal, a DD6 delay pedal, a reverse delay pedal, then a tremolo pedal, no sorry, sorry, a phaser pedal, then a tremolo pedal, then a big muff pedal, a tube screamer, a, um, a switcher pedal, so I used to use two amplifiers, now I've only got down to one due to traveling and a tuner, so yeah. Jesus Christ. Has that always been your case when it comes to playing guitar? Yeah. Come like, yeah, um, I've been into like sci-fi and love of like effects and noises, so I think that's why I use a lot of delay pedals. <laughs> so what are like rehearsals and writing sessions like? Is it just a case of let you kind of play around the pedals, find something you like, and no, then take it from there? No, no, it's mostly like, it's based on the rhythm section, like, you're like starting, they'll start jamming something if we like it. The song will be played for about 20 minutes and eventually we'll narrow it down to three. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think with me having so many pedals can, like, make it go on for so long to do so many noises and stuff. <laughs> I mean, you had, like, a second microphone going as well. Oh, yeah. So, so what does that plug into? Oh, I just basically, I, I plug out my guitar and replace it with a microphone. Ah, so, so the microphone. So it's going through the pedal board into the guitar amp, yeah. Quite dangerous for the speakers, but that's what makes it fun. <laughs> So, where can people find out more about your band? Where can we find out where you're playing? We're on all social media, such as the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and um, we have merchandise on Band Cartel, and um, yeah, all our music's on Spotify, on YouTube. Um, yeah, Do you know it. when you're coming to London again, anytime? Yes, we have a tour in December. We're on tour of a band called Amusement Parks on Fire, and I think the date is the 9th of December. It's a Saturday night. It's the last date of the tour. We do Manchester, Leicester, then uh, London. And then that, that's our last London gig of the year, then. Right. So, yeah. Well, hopefully I'll see you then. Thanks a lot for your time. Our lives. I'm still in the Finsbury. The background music has died down now, so you can hear us talking. I'm here with the person responsible for tonight's show. What's your name? My name is Chris, and I work for uh, Club Fandango, which is a promoter and a record label called Fierce Panda. So how long have you been working with them? I uh, started off as an intern uh, well, over five years ago now, but um, full-time for about three years. Start as an intern five years ago, so I guess yeah. before you worked with them, putting on live shows was a passion, was it something you were doing already? Yeah, I was doing it already, uh, I still do that under the name Disorder, we do Nights of the Old Blue Last in Lexington, we have a, a club night there every second Saturday of the month, and our club night of the Old Blue Last is every first Thursday of the month, so I do that under Disorder, which is my own thing that I set up. And then when I joined Club Fandango Fierce Panda, I started booking things for them as well. So, yeah. so when you were doing shows by yourself, some of the bands that you put on then, have you brought them into the Club Fandango umbrella? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot now do bigger shows for Club Fandango, and some of them are even releasing their albums on Fierce Panda Records. So they've kind of they've come through the whole uh, system. Yeah. <laughs> They've risen up through the ranks. Do you remember the first show you put on? I do remember the first show I put on, and band that was headlining was a band. Yeah, it was, well, they weren't headline. I can't even remember who the headline was, but the middle band was a band called Butterflies on Strings. Uh-huh. Very bit like uh, old bands. I was kind of friends with the guys in the bands. Weirdly, now they're a band called Giant Party. Completely different lineup, but same songwriter. And I now manage that band, and they're doing really, really well. We've got uh, they're playing the Lexington for a promoter called Parallel Lines on the 24th of October, and it's 
almost sold out. It'll probably be sold out by the end of next week. And that's part of a UK tour in October as well. But yeah, weirdly, they're one of the first bands I put on. And now, I've, years after, we didn't even speak for a number of years. And not for any malice reasons, just... Uh, <laughs> Didn't, didn't, didn't happen and we bumped into each other again yeah now I end up managing the band they're doing really well we have a, a really good booking agent and uh, they're touring all over the UK and Europe and yeah wow. all can good. I just say of all the people like, this is a daily podcast I've spoken to quite a few people of all the people I've spoken to you've got the best memory for dates everyone I've ever asked what's the next show they're like um, I can't I think it's October or something but you I've got clearly you are a promoter more than so yeah. what led you to put on that first show well, I was already doing, well, that, that show I was referring to as the first show in London. I was already putting on some shows in Edinburgh, but that was part of more of a collective. It wasn't just me doing it. Um, I decided to come to London to do a master's degree in music law, and I just, the only thing I really knew how to do was put on gigs. <laughs> and everyone was saying, you know, you need to do your own thing as well as you know, being educated in the industry to, to get going, whether it's starting a blog or putting on your own live shows or starting your own label, because it was the only thing I knew how to do. So started in a really small pub that didn't even do live gigs, that barely had a stage, and we had to hire monitors and stuff, and it was all a bit shit, but... Um, <laughs> The, Come a long way since the, then. The, the gigs were okay in here. Then one night I just did a, a DJ set and didn't have any bands, made a lot of money and then funded the rest through it. And then, yeah, I got a bit of a break and ended up putting on a really good show at um, Birthdays, which is a venue owned by Vice. It was a Monday night and it was properly full, like pretty much sold out. And they couldn't believe it that on a Monday night it had been that full. I had a really great lineup. And then, yeah, from then they just said, we'll let you do whatever you want to do. And I kind of started putting more shows on with them. It just grew from there. So kind of started off on my own, but then got a lucky break, which you kind of always need a, a lucky It doesn't break. hurt. Yeah. So did you finish the music law study? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I finished the course, yeah. It was just a one-year course, yeah. So I started my internship while I was doing that. Carried on for a few years while working bar jobs and making a bit of money out of my own thing disorder as well. And then... Um, yeah, then became full-time. So what's next on the Club Fandango calendar? Club Fandango calendar is we're launching a radio station. Oh, cool. Radio Fandango, of course. <laughs> nice. um, so we're kind of in the midst of doing that. Uh, Fierce Panda, the record label, is 25 years old next year. Wow. So we've got lots of special things that we're planning for that, so very busy with that. And that will include a lot of cool shows as well which will be run by Club Fandango to coincide with it um, so we're trying to plan those shows but yeah it'll be a celebration of all the bands that have come through the label from Coldplay to Idlewild to Keen to the Maccabees Interpol Death Cab for Cutie uh, new bands Desperate Journalist and bands like that that have all been on the label and moved on to, to bigger labels as well as celebrating the new artists that we have as well so yeah lots going on in the Fierce Panda Fandango is that for the rest of 2018 or going to 2019 the whole, uh, it's next year so it starts in 2019 yeah. uh, February 2019 and finishes January 2020 I guess so it's a whole year of We've got different special releases planned and special gigs planned, so 
So where can people keep their eyes on it online? Uh, keep the eyes on it online on our Facebook pages, which are Fierce Panda and Club Fandango, and our websites, which are just fiercepanda.co.uk and clubfandango.co.uk. We'll probably start announcing things around November, December time. Um, but yeah, you'll start getting everything will be in full effect by, say, February. And what about yourself? Are you doing any other shows outside of Fierce Panda? Yeah, always doing the Old Blue Last um, shows outside Fierce Panda and always doing the DJ Nights, which is at the Lexington every second Saturday of the month from 11pm till 4am. So if you're into late drinking and indie hits, 80s pop, uh, electro hits um, and a, a good nice vibe it's a great venue then come along to that and also outside of Fierce Panda um, obviously managing Giant Party so headline show the Lexington October the 24th get your tickets quick there's only about 30 left so you've got maybe 10 days 2 weeks to get your hands on them all the facts and figures in that head of yours facts That's and figures in yeah. thank you very much for your time and thanks no for an awesome night tonight thank you very much thank you Cheers. what's that? Yes. Who was listening to you earlier? Who was listening to you? My husband. Wait, he's listening to my podcast? Yeah. Like he already knew about it? Well, you know, you were saying, yeah, because I said, I said, I have to talk to Roy about the things. So I was listening to something that he was doing. Have you done, you've done previous ones? Yeah, yeah, I've been to quite a few gigs, so, wow, how about that? So, you might want to talk to him instead. Well, actually, I kind of already hit the no, 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 no. This is perfect. It's exactly what I like to catch it. All on plan, all unrehearsed. So I'm still in the Finsbury and I'm here with another satisfied customer of tonight's entertainment. What's your name? It's Janet, Janet Logan. And what brought you to tonight's entertainment? Um, we saw the band at um, Perryvale Festival. I have a stall at Perryvale Festival where I sell uh, handmade glassware. So I had the pleasure of listening to them because obviously I only had the stall so I couldn't see them. And Gary, my husband, was there. So we then found out that they were playing here at Finsbury and we've never been here before so we thought we'll come and see them. And for me it's a novelty because I've actually seen the band. <laughs> you put a face to the, the noises you were hearing. Yeah. So it's really good. But Gary in his spare time does some promotions, you know, like he's it's purely for love, not for money, and tries to get bands into local festivals and things because we try and give back something to like the area we live in, Hanwell Carnival, uh, there's the Brentford Festival, and there's also the Canal Cavalcade, which happens every year at Little Venice in May at Paddington, three-day event of the bank holiday. And he's managed to get a couple of bands in there from Hanwell before. Etu Bruce and the wonderful, I forgot his name, <laughs> he's the lead singer of the band called The Men They Couldn't Hang, uh, uh, Phil Archer, I think, I'll have to look that so is this so, so this this is to sort of try and meet the band face to face yeah. and also to take some live footage because they've got some wonderful videos of their songs but for people our age <laughs> they're a bit wacky <laughs> So you're trying so, to bring back some so, proof. No, so, no, no, no. So, so we're trying to just get some 
live footage that we can, you know, we can send to people who promote these festivals and say, this is the marvellous If they turn up on stage in boiler suits, that's fine, but at least, you know, this is what their music sounds like. So is this a common occurrence for you? Well, oh, hello, welcome. I'm recording the podcast, by the way, so please do join us. Okay. Is this a common occurrence for you to go out to shows and try and bring bands back to your events, or is this a bit of a rarity? It's a bit of a rarity. I mean, we, we do sort of like local festivals. So we, we're at Perryvale End of Summer Festival on Sunday. And we saw this band and thought it was really good. So we went to see them again. And luckily, it was only a few days to wait to see them again. So you know, it's great that there was an opportunity to see them so quickly. Uh, Have you travelled far to see them tonight? Not really, no. But we do travel far to see, see bands. We've been to America. We've been to uh, Dubai. <laughs> So like, uh, who did you see in Dubai? Where were we today? <laughs> where were we today? Manor Park's not too far, is it, really, for us? So we're okay. Well, no, we've come on the Piccadilly line. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's a straight journey. All the way from South Harrow, which is sort of near one end. <laughs> but I mean, it's great because I mean, in London, there's so many great venues where you can see bands and. Uh, it's a bit dispiriting sometimes when you go to see bands and there's hardly anyone there to watch the bands. So today there's quite a good turnout, so it was good. So I mean, it's, it's great that there's lots of music going on that you can go to. So, so how far back does this passion for live music go? How long have you folks been going out and checking out? Well, we're very old. We've been giving away. I mean, we're... I mean, I'm so like early 80s, so seeing bands so like, like The Stranglers, U2, stuff like that. So in London, I mean, we've we saw like seeing loads of bands, big and small, haven't we? Really? So uh, back to the... who's the lead singer? Is it Phil? It's Phil Phil Ogdes. This is probably not very good uh, interest in uh, radios. That's really, so. what I like to capture. So, so Janet was kind of mentioned that you said you might have heard of what I did before. Or something? Yeah, I think I was listening to it today. Actually, I think there was uh, three bands. I think you did a uh, uh, with. This band with uh, Living Island and was it worse? Worst place. Worst place. <laughs> and one of the, was it the bass player was in crutches or something? So yeah. oh wow! <laughs> because we only heard about Living Islands basically on Sunday. Uh-huh. So obviously the good thing about the internet is that you can find out about bands very quickly. And and it was very interesting, your podcast. I mean, I really enjoyed it. To be honest. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm glad I could be of service okay. in your service Public bands. service to uh, music fans. It's very good. That is kind of what I'm going for, because a lot of these bands, they're not quite at that level where they're easy to search and find out about them. For instance, a lot of bands I interview, if I don't ask them, like, who's in the band and their names, yeah. it's kind of hard to find that out on Google later on. So I do appreciate that I might be talking to some bands for the first time they've been spoken to, and if someone else, if anyone else takes an interest and searches for them, my humble little podcast just might be what comes up. So yeah. I'm glad that helped out. Well, the good thing about Living Island is that they put on their own gigs, so they have to promote and put on their own gigs. I mean, one of the problems with bands that are starting out, there's lots of places you can play, but the problem is you're basically playing for free. Because unless you've got a, a fan base of so like 40, 50 people, you're not going to get any payment out of it. You're basically paying to play. Yeah. So, and obviously the promoters are taking a chance, putting bands on. Uh, so, you know, it's great that you know, this band is actually taking the chance of putting on gigs themselves. And to be honest, nowadays it's fairly easy to do. There's lots of pubs like this that'll put on a 
looks like a, a music night where you can get three or four bands that sound you know, in the same sort of genre. So, you know, and we've had a good night tonight. I think, uh, and it's finished on time for his old folk. We can get on the tube and get home, have our holics by uh, 12 o'clock, so it's great. Everyone's a winner. Well, since you know where to find me online, where can our listeners find more about what you do online? Are any of your festivals online or anything? You're both kind of grimacing. I'm yeah, well, no. He's just started a Facebook page, TJ Promotions, but he's just literally started that. Okay. So there'll be some videos from the, the performances tonight from uh, Living Ireland. They'll be on there. So uh, basically, I'll, I'll try and get Living Ireland at more festivals uh, next year. So like lots of summer festivals, local festivals. So uh, there's lots of these festivals that do music. So it's always good to have a, a varied uh, genre of music. Normally it's cover bands or it's Ed Sheeran wannabes. So it's great that you've got a guitar band, you've got a reggae band, you know, you've got a, a covers band. So it's good to have a bit of variety. So what's the name of the Facebook page? GJ Promotions. Promotions. Again, GDA. Uh, GJ, as in G and J. Mm-hmm. Uh, promotions. <laughs> well, GJ Promotions. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming down. Okay. Thanks for being on this podcast. Thanks very much for taking interest. Till we meet again. Thank you for the good work. Yeah. So now I'm here with the star of the evening. Ollie, welcome back to Saturday Night Out. Oh. First things first. Where did the outfits come from? Thank, thank you. I mean, the outfits are Gucci. Of naturally. 100% Gucci. Uh, they've been personally embroidered on the back by the wonderful Magdalene Ndungu. I think I'm saying that right. And yeah, they're, they're brilliant. They're brilliant piece of kit. For the listeners that can't see what you're wearing, it's white overalls, yeah. kind of button up fasteners, Living Island logo on the breast pocket. Yeah. And it says snail, is it, on the back? Snail, yeah. Is that, is that you? That is me. Wow. That is me. That That's is snail impressive. and it says me. And Why it, snail? Yeah. Um, I'm, I have a phobia of snails. I have a, I have a really bad phobia of snails. It seems a slugs. touch cruel to put that on the back of your Yeah, I, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of a nickname which is kind of just stuck. <laughs> but, oh, well. oh well. And you had a little bit of a decoration on the chest as well. What I did. I did. I wrote the whole, the whole inclusive set list <laughs> across my body. Like a sort of Greek god, <laughs> the, the the body of because this is this is this is just listening. So exactly. I'm pretend. Like, no, 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 I mean, it was it was just you know it was quite difficult on the six pack bit <laughs> because uh, whenever we went across that it was a bit yeah. you know, it was, it was hard to write on. Yeah, it was a little bit hard to write on, but but yeah, I wrote the whole set list across there. Do you remember <laughs> what the set list was? Uh, no, I actually had to keep I had to keep checking. I just like looked <laughs> yeah. down onto my chest and then keep. It was checking. a fantastic moment when like the drummer checked and your yeah, keyboard yeah, checked. Yeah. Everyone would make sure. Yeah, yeah. everyone. I just, just just sort of flash them. <laughs> just flash and then play. That's that's the that's the rule. That's the, that's the Living Island ethos. Exactly. That's how you do it. Yeah. So is this a show that you put on? No, you were you were put on no. this by Club Fandango. So this is Club Fandango. This is Fierce Panda um, as well, like a yeah. collaboration thing. See. But you put shows on yourself. Is that yeah, right? I I put on I put on some shows myself, and I um yeah. I, so yeah. what's the next show that you're putting on? Is that not been planned yet? Oh no. What was no, the last yeah. show you put on? The last show I put on was a uh, tug fest uh-huh. with tugboat captain, hey. and I put on a whole uh, a whole <laughs> sort of like eight bands on a bill, and then yeah, I just got, got including the bands yourself, I like. I In, yeah, we we played four songs or something, and then ran off in fury and then yeah it was great it was a good night I, I the, the nights I put on are always kind of 
jovial and sort of a laugh really but yeah. yeah so would you advertise your nights with Living Island then so like on your Instagram or something yeah so it's it's Living Island and it's snail promotions snail promotions tie in I I'm, I'm bringing that's it back synergy. Oh, I'm bringing brilliant. it back I'm bringing it back to the start <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a callback that's, I that's like what it. they call back. this guy's a pro this guy's a natural <laughs> on that fantastic note Ollie thank you so much for tonight no worries and I'm sure I'll catch you again soon yeah sweet <laughs> And that was that. Thank you very much to Jack from Deja Vega, Chris from Fierce Panda and Club Fandango, Gary and Janet of GJ Promotions, and Ollie from Living Island and Snail Promotions. What a nickname to have. Yeah, so, first things first, I... So the, the full lineup from last night's show was the Magic Lotus and then Deja Vega and then Living Island. And unfortunately, I missed out on the Magic Lotus, but hopefully next time. I was really dragging my feet about going anywhere last night. The main reason I wanted to go to this show, as well as seeing Living Island again, was because I wasn't too familiar with the venue, the Finsbury. And as well as accruing more new artists on this podcast, I am trying to... I do jump at the chance to go to a venue I haven't been to before, because there's many a venue in London. And it's nice to try and build up that uh, Rolodex as well. That's an old reference, if anyone knows what a Rolodex is. Anyway, it wasn't until I took another look at the Google Maps route to the Finsbury that I realised I had been there before. Once I saw you got off at Haringey Green Lanes, you head south from the train station. I was like, is that a McDonald's near the station? It is. I have been here before. The very first open mics I ever played were at the Finsbury. They were hosted by a gentleman known as Viz the Spoon, who I believe is a bit of a known figure in the London live music circuit. And this was back, I want to say maybe five years ago, there was a fence I used to climb to get to the train station, and I would climb that fence with my guitar on my back, and this is going back a long way, so there was a real wave of nostalgia upon my arrival. And when I got in there, it's had a bit of a refurbishment since I had performed there, and it's been a while since I had been there, so I wouldn't blame them. Now, as you enter, there's a wall of separation between the dining area and the drinking area and the live music area. It's a glass wall with a door, and I guess it acts as soundproofing as well, but it lets you see what's going on in the live music area. And in that area, the stage and sound desk have swapped sides since I was last there. It looks fantastic. And yeah, it was great to go back there, great to realise I'd been there before. Upon my arrival, Deja Vega were playing, and it was a bit kraut rock slash tame and parlor type of sound. And the guitarist Jack, he was he would play, and then he would like stop playing and just use his pedals to keep the sound going, which I found impressive. So after they finished playing, I approached the stage, shook Jack's hand, asked if I could talk to him for the podcast. My go-to line now when I approach people is. Can I ask for a slightly strange favour? And they go, sure, which I always appreciate because I'm a complete stranger. You don't know what that strange favour might be. But I <laughs> do love everyone's optimism. Like, yeah, sure, i never met you before, but whatever it is you'd like me to do, just, just name it. I said, can I ask for a slightly strange favour? I have a little podcast I'd love to talk to. He said, absolutely. I let them pack up, etc. I gave them some time. But while after they'd finished packing up, Living Island had started, so I watched them first. And Living Island came out all in these matching boiler suits. It was a slight cult type of look, but it was interesting. And yeah, as Ollie mentioned, he had the set list written on his chest, which was very amusing the whole way through. It was a fun performance. Their friends showed up as well and kind of got the 
the crowd going, which is always always helpful to have the types of friends that will come and check out your show and get some energy in the crowd. Great show. After they finished playing, that's when I went to approach uh, uh, Deja Vega, and I spoke to Jack. That was a fun conversation. They were very sweaty. I don't know if I've already said this in this intro. This is only my second take, so so far so good. They were very sweaty when I approached them at the stage. They calmed down a little bit <laughs> when I approached them in the pub. And yeah, it was a great conversation with Jack. Again, another long journey to come and play in London. One, it shows the dedication that's sometimes required to do this in the first place. And two, it shows the attraction of playing in London that people consider it worth it to travel so far just for the one night. And also... I can imagine that if you've travelled that far, you know you've got to make that performance count. But also, 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 I wouldn't blame you if there was some fatigue in your performance because of the long journey you'd had and the long journey back that awaits you. But there was no semblance of fatigue in Deja Vega's performance. I hats off to them. Got to talk to Jack. Then after talking to Jack, I approached Ollie, but he was talking to some other people. So I, I casually just hung around and waited. Some of the people that were approaching him were Gary and Janet. While he was talk- while Ollie was talking to Gary, I got talking to Janet, and that's when I asked if I could talk to her as well for the podcast. She said sure, but she was still getting some stuff signed by Ollie, I think explaining the whole prospect of what it was her and Gary were trying to do. Then Ollie- I started talking to Ollie a little bit, but then he got talking to the promoter, and then I asked to talk to the promoter, Chris, and that was an interesting story because, yeah, being a promoter, that's... A real risk. I think I mentioned it when I spoke to Dan of Turtle Tempo, how it can be high risk and little reward because everyone's there to check out the bands. The promoter doesn't really get a moment on stage to go, I put this all together, thank you very much for coming, you're all welcome, I'm great, now here's the band. No, the bands get all of the glory and the promoter, well, I guess they get paid, but it can. I imagine it can be somewhat thankless, especially in the early stages, which is why I was curious to find out how Chris got started. That's a real leap of faith to put on that first show. With no, Unless you maybe you have a, a large group of friends who already know people show up and maybe you have friends that play in bands so you already know it's going to be a success. But for some people, you're really going out on a limb hoping it works out. And that is what I very much appreciate about promoters. So it was interesting to hear about his history. And again, working with birthdays and the venues owned by Vice, those really do feel like a focal point of the London live music circuit as well. Birthdays, Old Blue Last, and I think Seabright Arms as well. Although, you know, honourable shout out to Victoria and uh, The Waiting Room and Shacklewell Arms. They are all not too far away from each other. Also, I think Queen of Hoxton too and Hoxton Square Bar. Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. Okay, I could go on and on. Quite a few venues in that small, that small, that small area. But I think birthdays, Old Blue Last, and Seabright Arms are quite a focal point. So if you are a promoter that works at any of those venues, I mean, clearly you're doing something right. Gary and Janet, such sweet people. I started recording because once Janet said, "I think Gary's heard of you already," I was like, "Wait, what?" And I wanted to capture that. So I guess Gary searched for Living Island, and I showed up in the search results, which is really cool. I wonder if there's any other people out there who have searched, who have seen one of the bands I've spoken to, searched their name and found my episode. So I'll definitely make a point to try and put, the, to make sure the band names and the venues are in the title of each episode. Although when I talk to a lot of bands in one evening, those episode names get a bit long, but it's worth it, evidently. It was really cool talking to them, and an interesting enterprise that they are pursuing there. So 
I'll put links to what it was they told me about in the episode notes because I'm all about the cross promotion on this ep- on this show. Thank you, Gary, for listening. I hope you listen to more episodes and I hope you continue to enjoy what I put out there. And of course, Ollie, great show, great guest on the podcast, great outfit, and snail of all the things to be afraid of. I can't imagine how, how do you even discover you're afraid of snails? I don't know, but that sounds like quite a unique cross to bear. But I'm glad he can see the humour in it for it to be his nickname. And snail promotions, he's a hard-working person. I've already mentioned how difficult it can be to put on shows, but... There's so much joy in their performances. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of joy to be found in the nights he puts on as well. Fun night all round. One of those nights where I left my place really not sure what I was going to walk into and kind of dragging my heels, but I came back very glad that I ventured out because it was a very enjoyable, unexpectedly enjoyable night. Yes, the music was good, but everything that happened outside of the music was a real treat. As for me, there hasn't really been much change as far as my music is concerned. I'm hosting an open mic tomorrow night. I haven't done a Saturday night for a while. Those are very much the flagship nights of our open mic nights. I think among the ones we currently do, that one's been going the longest. At least the people that work there, we've worked with them for the longest period of time. Uh, I will probably perform. I'm not going to any shows tonight either, so tomorrow's episode might just be me again. I'll try not to make it another half an hour affair. I'll try and keep it succinct. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know what I will play. I was kind of playing the bass guitar a little earlier, so I guess I'll play some of that. So I'm going to pause, come back with my bass guitar plugged in, and I'll just play something. I don't know. One moment. Okay, I'm back. A couple of things. Uh, I listened to this interview with a gentleman, the Bob Lefset podcast. That's Bob Lefset, L-E-F-S-E-T-Z. It's a very interesting podcast when it comes to the music industry. He had an interview with, I want to say Steve Boom, maybe Steve Bloom, forgive me for getting that wrong, but he is the head of Amazon Music. And it was really interesting hearing him talk about the data they're gathering about how people interact with music on the Amazon Echoes. I don't have an Echo. I'm in no hurry to get one because the idea of having a microphone that listens to everything you say kind of creeps me out. I know they say it doesn't listen to everything you say, but um, just call me paranoid, I guess. But they were talking about how because there's no screen, the way people interact with Alexa, the digital assistant, and music is somewhat unique. Whereas on Spotify or Apple Music, etc., it's you, there's a search bar, so you automatically you already know the protocol for how to find certain things and so on. But on Alexa and Amazon Music, people will just say, play me a set a playlist of rock songs from 1968. And that's a very specific thing to ask for. But that's the kind of thing they're trying... That's the type of request they're trying to cater to. You could never really search that on Spotify. So that was really interesting. It made me wonder... I wonder if anyone listens to this podcast on an Amazon Echo. I doubt it because I don't know if you can access iTunes podcasts or SoundCloud via an Alexa Echo thing. I think you can mainly access Amazon Music, and so I'd have to put the podcast on there somehow. So if anyone does, I'd love to find out how and what my voice sounds like on one of those devices. Also, apparently Spotify will soon be letting people upload music to Spotify for free, an unlimited amount. Right now, it's on an invite-only basis. But I wonder if I could get my podcast on there under that guise as well. Because right now, you have to go through a third-party 
aggregator, something like TuneCore, CD Baby. I might be getting those names wrong. But those are services that put your music on all the streaming services for you for either monthly fee or an annual fee or something. If Spotify is now letting people put music on Spotify directly for free, that cuts out that middleman. I know people have been talking about how Spotify is kind of leaning towards becoming a label and just dealing with artists directly, cutting out the middleman of the labels. So that could be interesting. I'd love to end up on Spotify, but right now it's a bit prohibited because they charge you a certain amount depending on how much you put on there. And they assume you're putting on like maybe four episodes a month. Here I am trying to put up 30 episodes a month. It's a bit more difficult. And lastly, congrats to Wolf Alice for winning the Mercury Prize for their second album, Visions of a Life. Very well earned. I've checked out some of the performances from that night. And Nadine Shah doing Out Out the Way is the definition of electrifying. Also, Lily Allen. I listened to... On my walk home, I listened to a podcast called The High Low. Sorry, the name escaped me. And they were talking about Lily Allen, who's got a book coming out as well, who was also nominated for the Mercury Prize. I feel there's been a real... Like progression of where she stands in the media. Maybe at the start she might have seemed a bit of a throwaway novelty pop artist type thing, but now that's definitely not the case. And gotta have some respect for that. That's really interesting to see. So yeah, congrats to Wolf Alice. Uh, I was playing the bass guitar earlier, so I was imagining if I was the bassist in my own band, what it would be like to play some of the set lists that I have somewhat devised. So... In a very fast-forward fashion, this is what the set list would... This, I've written down four set lists. This, these are the bass lines for them. So, set list number one starts with... And it has... There's that one, then it's a... Uh, I realise a lot of that will make zero sense to most of the people listening, but if you listen back to past episodes, you might hear some of those songs in full. Uh, yeah, that'll do for me. Let's not let's not have this be another. I think it already is another half hour episode. I'll try and make them sure that I or not. I don't know. It's my it's my show. It's my rules. 
Tune in next time to find out how long that episode will be. Thank you for listening. You can find me online at Saddest Night Out on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email me saddestnightout at gmail.com. And I do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash saddestnightout. All I'm asking for is a pound, a euro, a dollar a month. Feel free to contribute to the cause if you are willing and able. That's all for today. I will catch you on the next episode. That's a baseline for my teenage band, 60. And that will definitely do us for today. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one. Good night. Good night? Where did that come from? I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.